Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 111 with my friend, Mike Wall. I, <laughs> you know, I have a lot of fun doing the interviews. It is not often that I have so much fun editing the interviews. Mike, uh, I'm, I'm sad because we haven't hung out since since we recorded this. But I, we just have this natural, fun energy. I hope that goes two ways. Otherwise, that is an awkward comment. But uh, I just have so much fun with him, and there's so much nonsense involved. And our, our entire conversation starts, as you'll hear, at the tail end of like a 10-minute discussion on um, gear, like guitar amps and PA systems and... Uh, stuff that I typically don't even talk to people about because I feel so inadequate when it comes to knowledge around that stuff. But what a great conversation. I was going to keep it in, but I thought, wow, no one cares about that. Um, so <laughs> you'll hear the tail end of it there in the beginning. And, and then so much more. And I'm so glad I'll talk about more of it at the end of the episode. But uh, so, so happy to talk to Mr. Mike Wall. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this as well. So without further ado... Here's my interview with my friend, Mike. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? Your head now. Well, that's the thing. I'm really not like. <laughs> I think you fell into. I'm it. very like. I'm very much like <laughs> now. I used, I used to want to be one. That's the problem. Is I wanted to be a gearhead and I wanted all the cool stuff. And now yeah, I'm like yeah. very utilitarian. I've got the 50 watt Marshall that I'm really happy with, and it's probably the last amp I'll ever buy. Yeah, but can you get rid of the stuff you don't? Need? Well, no, because that's my whole point. <laughs> taking it back to the beginning of the story, it all sucks. It's all shit. So it's like, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna put this over here. So oh, it's... let me put my phone on silent. Oh, thank you. I'm gonna take a uh, a job interview over the phone while I'm that'd be, that'd be good content because <laughs> what I would do is I'd edit it so I was asking the questions <laughs> but, but in such a way that it sounds really bad yeah it would be like our old autocorrect conversations <laughs> oh, still God. like my favorite thing in the I world I forgot about yeah that. just keep hitting the button mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that's a that's a perfect segue because I normally start these out with how I know people um, I don't know you <laughs> how'd you, you find my house um <laughs> oops uh i i we met at best buy right yes yeah um yes. and it's it's funny because there are a lot of best buy people that i like we met at best buy i know we met at best buy because we only really had <laughs> a best buy mm -hmm. um or the occasional best buy gathering where it was more best buy people but i've hung out with you in many situations yes <laughs> so i wanted to make sure that yeah and then our paths crossed uh, across, I don't know, random things. We have similar interests. And yeah, well, it's similar bars. The and the interesting thing is your wife. I went to yeah. high school with. Yeah, and we happened to meet each other at Best Buy, but then found out that I'd known her since I was in fifth grade or and something. You were friends like with her brother for yeah, yeah, however long. I, um, he put glue in my hair. Yeah, I think there's some <laughs> famous picture of like her brother John. For all you who fans. Um, with like pink pants on in high school. And I think your hair might have been a different color. I um, I don't think I ever dyed my hair, but okay. I definitely went through uh, the Liberty Spike phase that's, briefly. That's so, it. which was hard for me because I have very curly hair. So, you know, it <laughs> that's took, dedication. It took a lot. It I really once, did. I once spiked my hair up uh, with egg whites. 
you know, I had heard of that before and uh, it always scared me. I don't recommend it. I mean, it, it works really, really well. Doesn't it stink? It does. Oh, okay. Yeah. It doesn't um, surprise me. And it was definitely a phase where I was not showering super regularly because <laughs> I was just like the definition of like a dirty punk rock kid. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to sleep on my friend's couch all the time and wear the same t-shirt and then put <laughs> eggs in my hair. Like what? Uh, yeah. That was a... Uh, so yeah so that's how i know you not that last part but um but i want to find out more about things i don't know about you so i'm gonna go back in time and i was thinking about this so you're born Ta-da. that happened yep. um do you have siblings i do i i don't think i know that uh i have two brothers and a sister oh you have lots of siblings i'm the oldest my brothers are twins this is why i didn't know what um now i'm even more intrigued <laughs> um and i'm cer- i'm certain you've met yeah, but I used to drink a lot. <laughs> well, me too. I, I still do, but I used to too. <laughs> um, yeah, but you lived with them. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. Um, what's the age difference there? So my brothers are three years younger than me. Both of them. Okay. Because they're twins. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> and, One's three years and two minutes. Yeah. Uh, and my sister is about 10 years younger than me. Oh, okay. That's a big gap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, she was an accident. Shout out, Aaron, if you're listening. <laughs> Touché. Um, and so was one of my brothers. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> yeah. nobody shoots for twins. Yeah, that's that's that is a funny way to put it. I, I always tell uh, my sister and usually Ryan, my one of twin my twin <laughs> brothers, uh, they were both accidents, but neither one of them was a mistake. And there's Aww. an important distinction there. <laughs> and then I wink because maybe they were mistakes. Oh, you never know. Um, They're fine. I like them. I'm playing. Do you it up remember the, the twins being born? Uh. Not really. I remember yeah, Aaron being born because I was 10. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I don't really remember them being born, but I do remember being like young with yeah. them. Like I remember when they were babies. And and you grew up around here, right? Sort of, yeah. Uh, Ortonville. Okay. So uh, technically, we lived in Auburn Hills for a couple years. When I was in first grade, we moved to Ortonville, Brandon. Oh, Go Blackhawks. So it, I have an interesting... Anecdote? Related anecdote, okay. sort of. Uh, so we lived in Auburn Hills off of, uh, I think, Joslyn. And we moved out. And like three years after we moved out, the guy that had bought the house for my parents got murdered in it. What? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? By like a stranger? I don't know. I don't know that many details. Just that That'd the guy who lived that, there yeah. after us got murdered in that house. Yeah. That is nutty. I would deep dive into that and be like... <laughs> Could it have been me, or was I, it like his sister? <laughs> I'm sure. I, yeah, I'm sure I've Googled it. But I don't remember that any details about it. Was it a ghost? Maybe he got, <laughs> he got murdered by a ghost. The ghost could have murdered me, um, or was it the ghost of someone you murdered when you lived there? Whoa. Uh, so, <laughs> Auburn Hills, and then up to the northern Ortonville. Uh, mm-hmm. What do your parents do when you're a kid? Uh, growing up, my dad was a plumber. Okay. Uh, and when I was very little, he actually owned his own company. Uh, well, he didn't own it, but he co-owned it. it was, they were just like contractors, whatever. Okay. And then when my brothers were born, I think my mom probably gave him an ultimatum like, <laughs> hey, like it's cool that you're your own boss, but like we don't have any money and we just had two new kids, so we got to get out of this two-bedroom house. I need you to be a doctor immediately. Yeah, yeah. And so my grandpa, who worked at Chrysler at the time, uh, got him into the skilled trades division at Chrysler, okay. and then he did that for like 30 years. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, he just retired a couple years ago and my mom uh up until that point was like a promotional manager or something for um 
Oh gosh, what's it called? It's like Something. an old records or Harmony House. Oh my, my mom, god! My mom was a promotional manager at Harmony House. I have a lot and, of Harmony House stories. That's funny. Uh, it's actually she's got all these really cool stories because she would have to set up like meet and greets with bands oh, yeah. when they came to town and stuff, and like she's got pictures of her partying with Iggy Pop, and we have Bruce Springsteen's phone number in one of her like old address books with nice. like a little nice to meet you heart Bruce. And I'm like, mom, did you, did you bang Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> yeah, that was, it's funny <laughs> record stores, like even Harmony house, which was like a chain, but it was a local chain. Mm-hmm. Like you got your tickets there to concerts yeah. and they would get like the promotional CDs yeah. and, oh, they would do and releases all the time. And yeah. yeah. So it like they had real access to artists oh, back yeah. in the day. And it's funny to think about now. Cause like that doesn't exist yeah. at yeah. all. She's got a, um, that's funny. A bunch of really cool records too, because they used to get like the promo only records. Yeah, yeah. Because you know there was no Spotify back then, so they would have to make mix records to play on yeah, the speakers yeah. in the store. And so every probably I would imagine once a week, once a month, or whatever, they'd probably yeah. get a new disc or whatever. But she's got all these like promo only records from when she worked there. When they would take the records off the rotation, she would just bring them home. And we have there was a David got. Bowie record. I think it's David Bowie that. Uh, there was like a misprint or there was an issue with the record label or something and it got pulled. And my mom was like, no, fuck that. I'm taking one of these. Fuck and yeah. so my mom has like an unreleased David Bowie record. Nice. That's probably worth a shit ton of money. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I don't um, know how much money it's worth, but it's cool. <laughs> so I'm curious, what do you remember what level of like tradesman your dad was as a plumber? Um, he was a master plumber. He he. That's such like, a, like it's crazy maximum. to think about leaving that just... I don't know why. I I guess I think of like when you think of electricians and plumbers and like that when you get reached that level, I feel like I mean obviously there's a cap to any income, but sure. Uh it seems like such a specialized like I worked forever to get to this sort of thing. Yeah, so and crazy. you know, it, it's funny cuz uh my grandpa was also a plumber and that's sort of how my dad like fell into it cuz he grew up doing that stuff with my grandpa. Yeah. And I to an extent did a lot of that stuff. Like I used to go with my dad to do hot water heater installations when I was, you know, 10. And really my job was like, hold, hold the screwdriver and get yelled at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but he like taught me how to like solder copper pipe and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. Sweat and pipe. Yeah, exactly. And so that's kind of how he, he got into it. But it turns out like when you're a, an independent contractor in the eighties and nineties, there's not a lot of money for people yeah. to spend. And he was able to get in and basically, I mean, he, he was in the skilled trades division, but really it's just building maintenance for the most part. Oh, okay. And he, his actual title was pipe fitter. So he was still doing plumbing essentially. Yeah. Chrysler. He was still okay. a plumber, but he, ba- he worked at the tech center, um, the Chrysler tech center off 75 there. Um, and you know, I, I, it's funny, like growing up, I always had this like vision of like my dad's, you know, plunging toilets or whatever because he's a plumber at a big building but really what he was doing is like they would have to have you know thousand gallon per minute water lines to like super cool engines or whatever you yeah, know, stuff yeah. like that and th- that's the sort of stuff he was repairing because if you spring a leak in something with a thousand psi of water it's a big mess really yeah. fast and at a certain point I, i'm pretty sure he got to a level where he was like yeah no i'm not gonna plunge any more toilet it's like that's yeah, not my job yeah like, that's what happens right exactly so his actual title was pipe fitter meaning he was literally there to like repair blown pipes yeah. essentially and um because he was a member of the union he it was a huge source of frustration for him but sometimes he would get called to do stuff that wasn't his job but he would know how to do it but he 
wasn't allowed to because the, it's not his job technically yeah. like, that's somebody else's job that so shit drives me nuts he um, would walk to the opposite end of the campus and get there and go you called the wrong person like i can fix this but i, I can't fix this i'm sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's life like in in the house as you're growing up like between your kids and or between your kids between your, your brothers and um i don't your know parents noisy i guess <laughs> you know there's always stuff going on uh I, we we all did sports, so okay. like I I was in football growing up. Both my little brothers were in football growing up, so there was always practice or football games or yeah. you know whatever. And then as I got older, I got more in, into music, and you know then I needed a guitar and an amp, and that was loud. And did that come from anything, or was that like just your mom's interest in music? Like it's, where did that spring from? Um, I mean, both of my parents. That's a big part of how they connected was through music. Oh, okay. Um, and so they gave me a lot of foundation as far as like we were always listening to music, always yeah. listening to like Pink Floyd and Frank Zappa and Led Zeppelin and the Beatles. There was always a record on the turntable at home. So much is being explained right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, There's always a record on the turntable at home, uh, you know, Saturday mornings at seven o'clock, Amagama, maximum volume. Uh, my dad's pride and joy was his, he had the, the Bose, the original Bose, like tower speakers. Yeah. He used to show me the ad for him. Cause he's like, these are the best speakers <laughs> ever made. I'm like dad, technology has come a long way in 40 years. He's no. like, no, these are the, the best. There's something to be said there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, there, you know, they gave me a lot of that foundation that my dad had an old crappy guitar that he got as a wedding gift that he was really bad at. But when I got into, I think it was like middle school and Blink-182 and Sum 41 and Green Day and like yeah. all these pop punk bands started blowing up. Um, my buddies were like, all right, we're going to, we're going to start a band. And I was like, cool, I'm in. <laughs> and I showed up for the first practice and my buddy Danny had gotten a Stratocaster and a Marshall half stack for Christmas. And oh, my wow. buddy, my buddy Joel we're like 14 at the time. Yeah. My buddy Joel. It's a good Christmas. <laughs> yeah. My buddy Joel played drums in the, the middle school jazz band. So he had a really nice drum kit and he'd been playing and drums for years. he's probably a good drummer if he's in yeah, the jazz band. Yeah, he'd been playing drums for yeah. years. And my buddy Doug uh, had got a whole bass rig. I think it was a heart key, like four by 10 and a 15 and like a 500 watt head Jesus. and like a Fender. What part of Ortonville did you grow up and I showed up for the first practice with this crappy $100 acoustic guitar. Yes. With no amp. Like, I didn't know you what I was You guys can doing. hear me, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're like, yeah, you know, beforehand, they're like, oh, we need you to learn Smells Like Teen Spirit and I think All the Small Things or something. I was like, all right, cool. And I learned both those songs on this crap you guitars and I, sh I showed up for practice and they're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> like, it's my guitar. Like, that's not going to work, bud. It's really funny. Yeah. So then I had to, I, I didn't quit the band, but I was still like kind of part of it, but I took a short hiatus while I saved up some money at washing dishes at the Nickelodeon restaurant until I could like buy my own Nickelodeon, stuff. Nickelodeon, throwback. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a few things since then. But. Yeah. Um, so are you playing the older brother role? Like, do you guys go through a period of you don't get along? Or what yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it's, it's sort of funny because like my brothers were close enough to my age to where they were kind of my first best friends yeah but they're young enough to be like hyper annoying well it's got to be too interesting too because they're twins to have you know it's not just like brother and brother yeah you know, like 
you guys have a whole like group. You could probably do all sorts of different yeah, shit together. And and then I took uh, we we didn't have a ton in common either because I took a, a hard left turn away from like the sports and stuff yeah. and got really into like japanese rpgs and anime and like all the stuff ladies pine over nerd stuff yeah uh-huh. big time nerd stuff <laughs> final fantasy 8 i was like oh yeah oh, this yeah. is the best video game ever made and my <laughs> brothers were playing like nfl quarterback club and like you know what i mean and um we still had some similar interests but we definitely diverged there yeah. and i think that they got really super into football as i was sort of like yeah it's really it's fun but it's not really my thing yeah and then um, as we got older, we'd become very close again. Like I'm, they're, they're groomsmen at my wedding. Like I'm very, very good friends with my brothers now, but there was definitely a time where I, I, I probably, I met them there then for sure. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I know you were at my wedding, so yeah. I'm pretty sure you met my brothers. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, there was a couple years there were, we never really got in any real fights. Yeah. But like there was one time, for example, where my dad said, "Hey, I need you to shovel the driveway. I'm gonna go to the hardware store. Probably I don't know what the where he went." And he's like, "I'll be back in two hours." Okay. And then you know we did whatever we wanted for 95 minutes, and then we were, oh crap, Dad's gonna be home in 15 minutes. And I went into my brother's bedroom. <laughs> was like, "Hey, Dad said we gotta shovel the lawn. He's gonna be home in like 15 minutes." And Eric is playing uh eric one of my brothers is playing i don't know wayne gretzky hockey i don't know something on the nintendo 64 he goes no he told you to shovel the driveway (laughs) and i went oh and i turned the nintendo off and i think he punched me in the face or i punched him in the face and then we got like we tackled and rolled around and about 15 seconds went by before we realized like fighting actually fighting someone is incredibly difficult (laughs) Um, like there's a reason MMA fighters all have six packs. Yeah. Yeah. You got trained for that shit. <laughs> yeah. So like 15 seconds later, we're like, all right, let's go mow the lawn. Or, uh, shovel, shovel drive. Tra- let's go shovel drive. Shovel the lawn. Mow yeah. The whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> what's the, does the dynamic in the house change once your sister's born or once she starts? You like- know? Yeah. Uh, to a degree. I mean, I'm so much older than her that when she was born, I was kind by the time she was walking, I was driving a car. You know what I mean? So like. I had to drive her to catechism and stuff, but like she wasn't really on my radar because I wasn't home a whole lot. Okay. Um, but she definitely, my brothers sort of had it out for her um, because she definitely was babied a lot by my yeah. parents. Whereas, you know, my brothers and I were like mowing the lawn when we were eight years old and uh, she didn't have to do anything. She didn't have to do anything. It's good being the youngest. Yeah, tell for you sure. I can't even imagine. <laughs> um, so, my brothers kind of had it out for her because I think they felt a little slighted. Yeah. Because my parents kind of babied her. And uh, we didn't get a whole lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I guess I was just curious too because having that, uh, you know, your parents have to. I feel like you're a parent now, so maybe this makes more sense to you because I'm not a parent. But, sure. Uh, I feel like, you know, there's a level of parenting that you have to do for like the first five years of a kid's life. Yeah. And so some other stuff gets neglected, whether that's, you know, like cleaning the living room or that's like parenting yeah, that, other kids. Absolutely. <laughs> cleaning so, the living room is definitely something that's neglected when you have a five-year-old. So um, like, yeah, I was just curious if that played a role, like as far as your guys, like you and your parents, because you're, you're starting to get into punk and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And I think if you're anything like me at that phase, you're like, yeah, less involvement by parents is better. Yeah. And it probably worked to your advantage because they were probably pretty involved with having a, an infant. I mean, to a degree, I think, um, you know, my dad getting the job at Chrysler gave him the freedom or gave my parents the freedom. My mom didn't have to work anymore. So she quit working at Harmony House when my brothers were born. And she was a stay-at-home mom basically until my sister was in high school okay. and uh she ended up starting to get like seasonal jobs once my sister was like independent enough to not need mom home all the time yeah. Where she, um but she also had four kids with you know what here's your chores for the week and we had like a little chart and like yeah. you know we rotated whose job was whose every pretty well oiled so. household yeah just different interests and yeah stuff. and to, to your point about the less parental involved my dad was my least favorite person on planet earth <laughs> From when I was, I don't know, probably 12 or 13 until I was probably 18 or 19 years old. Um, he and I did not get along very well. <laughs> what played into that? Uh, I mean, you know, looking back, a lot of it was just like I was sort of an asshole. <laughs> you know, I was, I thought I was way, way cooler than I really was. Like, And I think I took for granted a lot of the things that we had yeah. um, because I was a teenager and like teenagers are dicks. Yeah. And <laughs> the, I mean, the other side of that is that my dad, a lot of time, at least I felt like he treated me like, I don't want to say burden. Cause that's sort of shitty to say, but uh, like, Hey, you live under my roof and you eat all the food that I pay for your, you gotta, you know, clean the keep the house clean and, and organize the garage. And you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. stuff like that. And in my brain, I'm like, that's unreasonable. And looking back, I'm like, well, I probably could have done the dishes every now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He, Do you think you got like a? I still live here, but you're kind of the man of the house because you're the oldest. And like, do you did you get that responsibility thrown on you? No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, it really was like there was are certain things like even as an adult, I'm like, yeah, he was he's kind of unreasonable about a lot of stuff. He he was not an easy right. person to live with, uh, and so there was a little bit of back and forth. But I wasn't very easy to live with either at that time what's uh what's on the agenda after high school uh so i went to college i actually that's sort of funny um <laughs> so uh i got i think i think it was a 32 or 34 on my acts i did really well on the nice. acts whatever the i think it's, what if 36 is the maximum i got 34 whatever the highest score is i got two that's, below the yeah, highest score. so i did very good and uh I remember, remember guidance counselors. Mm -hmm. I went and saw my guidance counselor when we're like figuring out like, where do we want to go to college? And my guidance counselor was like, well, you kind of coasted your way through high school and got mostly C's, but you got a very good score on your ACT. And based on that, you can kind of do whatever you want. Like you could, oh. it, you'd be very easy for you to get into just about any school outside of like the Ivy leagues. Right. That's nice. And I was like, well, my girlfriend's going to U of M Flint. So that's where I'm going to go. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, to backtrack, um, the reason I decided that that was my backup school is because I wanted to go to northern Michigan yeah. uh, with my friend Chris Booth. Shout out, Chris. And my and parents, my dad had gone there and uh, got kicked out because he developed a very nasty drinking problem. Nice. And uh, coupled up with a very nasty miss every class problem. Yeah. And they, he and my mom decided, no, you're not going to northern because we need you. We need to be able to keep an eye on you. We don't want that same thing to happen, which, again, played into, like, fuck you, Dad. I'm not you. Yeah. Anyway, 
Yeah, uh, and that's uh... <clears throat> so I wanted to go to Northern, and my parents put the kibosh on that. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go to U of M Flint with my girlfriend, and I think we broke up like September, <laughs> freshman year of college, <laughs> like, like three weeks after college started. Right. So I'm stuck at this school I don't didn't want to go to. And now I'm commuting to school, which is not the ideal situation. Living in a house where I don't get along with my dad. Yeah. Sort of a nightmare. But did your parents pay for school? Uh, my grandpa helped me out. I got a pretty solid scholarship because of the ACT thing. Okay. Um, and I only asked that because I'm, I'm, I think it's so funny looking back to, and not that like 18 year olds know anything at all, but <laughs> it's sorry guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you're 18 and listening to this podcast, like that's awesome. But yeah, you don't know shit, <laughs> but yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's just funny to think like, uh, that parents have any say, like if you're getting student loans, yeah. right. That parents would have any say as to where you go to college. Yeah. Cause you could just be like, no, like you're not paying yeah. for this. I can literally do whatever I yeah, want. Yeah. Well, and you know what's funny? In, in retrospect, thank fucking God, because <laughs> U of M Flint is way cheaper than oh, U of sure. M Ann Arbor. Uh, and I like didn't have to pay for room and board or anything. Yeah, so yeah. like I got, I changed my major like four times. I only went there for like two years. Um, so I had no idea what the fuck I wanted to Every do. Every semester you Exactly. Your... I was like, oh, I want to be an elementary school at, you know, teacher. Oh, maybe Ugh. I'll be in the music program. I'm like, oh, no, what if I worked on computers? And, like, <laughs> I was all over the map. And I don't know, like, it's very easy to to make that mistake at a community college or at U of M Flint where, you know, you're paying three grand a semester. But Computer if I made school, that mistake yeah. at Northern or Central or sort of much more Grand Valley mistake. and you're talking about a $20,000 <laughs> mistake, like, oops. People are asking me all the time about non-alcoholic beer. Sure, it could be because I've done almost 100 non-alcoholic beer reviews, but I think it's because I know my shit when it comes to non-alcoholic beer. And that is why I think you can be completely comfortable in taking my recommendation for Wellbeing Brewing. Wellbeing Brewing is a non-alcoholic brewery out of St. Louis that offers a huge variety of non-alcoholic beers. My personal favorite is their Intentional IPA, which is their flagship IPA, super hoppy flavor, and it comes in a nice tall 16-ounce cans. You know, I got big hands. I need the big cans. You guys know what I'm talking about. That sounded pervy. Never mind that. Check them out, Wellbeing Brewing. You can save 10% uh, using code FRIENDREQUEST at checkout, or you can just go to wellbeingbrewing.com slash friendrequest. Save 10%. You can trust me on this recommendation because it's freaking delicious. Back to the show. So I am sort of grateful in that regard because I really had no idea what I wanted to do. Yeah. And uh, I think it was the second year of college. Um, at this point, I'm like, I think I was working at like Taco Bell or McDonald's or something and I was miserable and my grandma died that fall and it was like right at the beginning of the semester. And so I took like a whole week off of college at the beginning of the semester when I'm already like wallowing in self-pity and not having a great time. And I just like never went back. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then I didn't tell my mom. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> And it came to a head when, because I would like, all right, I'm going to school. And I'd go to my buddy's house yeah. and like play video games or, you know, ride BMX bikes or whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> at this time, she was working at Mount Holly. And I also was working seasonally at Mount Holly that winter. And I was like, all right, I'm going to school. And I went to Mount Holly to work. <laughs> and she pulled in and saw my car because I used to drive a really awful car that I drove a 1987 Chevy Celebrity. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. And actually at this point I might've been in the, I had an 87 fifth Avenue right after that. I might've been in the fifth Avenue at this point. 
But the Fifth Avenue, I got in a head-on collision with a plow truck going down like back roads in Ortonville. Wow. And then I kept driving it for like a year. So the whole front okay. end of this car was just like shrapnel, like like a twisted metal car. Yeah. Punk I had the, the headlights were zip tied on. Like I'm not exaggerating. This car yeah, sucked. I know. I know how that works. And so, yeah, she pulled in, saw my car and she came into the lifter suite at Mount Holly and like, Michael, where, what the hell are you doing? You're supposed to be in college. And I was like, Ugh. sorry, mom, I haven't been to college in two months. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was yeah. tough. <laughs> Is it funny to, I mean, maybe not funny, but. Because I, I imagine there was like a drop ad period where you're like, oh, could have got a refund, but I'm just going to ride this out. <laughs> yeah, I've always been really bad about that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, like, that's the sort of problem where in my brain I'm like, maybe if I just ignore this problem, it goes away. Yeah. And it turns out. I did that for a very long time. Yeah, it turns out those types of problems, that does, that's not how that yeah. sort of stuff works. And so I accumulated a 525 credit score at like yeah, 25 years old. <laughs> I, ma- I, I maxed out. I, I got a credit card when I was like 17. Yeah, they and were I, terrible. Dude, I maxed it out buying an engagement ring for my girlfriend for oh, her birthday, but oh, I didn't buy it no. to propose. It was just like a oh, quarter just, carat diamond ring. Just for fun? Yeah, and it was her birthday. I was like, I want to buy my girlfriend a nice ring for her birthday. And the guy at Zales was like, you have how much money on your Chase credit card? It was like, like 1200 bucks or something yeah. like that. I spent like $1,100. Yeah. And I'll never forget it. The first time my credit card ever like rejected i was at taco bell buying tacos oh no so your card's been declined <laughs> my card got declined buying tacos and i like, just picture a hand slow-mo <laughs> pulling the tray of tacos yeah exactly back and i was like I was, i'm like 17 years old and like looking back and like i feel worse for the the lady working at taco bell that had to tell this 17 year old kid his credit card, if his credit card got declined oh man so yeah, I've never been great with that sort. Of <laughs> I heard that things are better now because of like laws, but they used to prey on eighteen-year-olds oh, yeah, with credit cards for sure. My mom hid them from me, and when I found out, I still fucking got them and maxed yeah, them out. Well, it's oh. like they—it's they like knew. Oh, this guy's seventeen; he's gonna have a graduation party soon. Like he's gonna have all kinds of money. Yeah. Let's give him a credit card. They're like, oh, you're working at Wendy's? Yeah, twenty-five hundred dollars. This guy makes nine fifty an hour at oh, McDonald's. This is big bucks. It's oh, insane. <laughs> um, so, when is when is the first time you're like out of the house? I lived so I lived with my parents for a long time. Okay. Uh, longer than I would consider ideal. Well, then let me backtrack and ask this question. Because <laughs> you said you really didn't get along with your dad from like 12 to like 19. Yeah. What happens? What switch flips if you're still at home during that time? Uh, I realized I was an asshole <laughs> okay. for like several years. That's pretty good uh, to yeah, realize at yeah, 19. Yeah, exactly. I started to be like, oh, my dad's actually like full of a lot of really useful knowledge. I should try to like be friends with him instead of like being an asshole all the time and i commend you it was funny once i started you know hanging out with him in the garage and working on cars and riding dirt bikes and working on snowmobiles and suddenly i was an asset (laughs) you know um and like he and i did not have a lot in common other than the music up to that point but like it's you know i have a ton of really useful knowledge now yeah yeah because he taught me how to work on cars and all that stuff so yeah i'm sure as a homeowner you like feel that stuff yeah for sure oh yeah um yeah when so he died recently let's take it let's take a a big turn here so he died recently and uh you know that was like one of the the first realizations because the the only voicemail i have on my phone of him taught like a recording of him yeah is he called me because i was like my furnace just broke what do i do this was like last winter 
and it's this like minute and a half long voicemail of like a bullet lit, like bullet points of like here's the 12 things you need to do right yeah. to make sure you don't need a new furnace and then here's another 12 things you do when if you determine you need a new furnace like here's a phone number to call i know this guy i know this guy like so when he died i was like wow what the fuck am i gonna do if the I water heater yeah. explodes like oh my god like i don't know how to do this shit yeah. so that was like one of the things i came to realize was like i actually kind of do know what to do if yeah. the water heater explodes because i managed to like get over myself and when i was you know 18 19 years old okay and that's i i still that's uh good for you it took me i think uh my dad died in 2015 i think it was like 2018 i was like oh, i should have talked to him yeah <laughs> um so how i back to my original question then when do, when do you leave your house um well, so da- it, I met Dana, okay. my wife, yeah. everyone. I know her too. Yeah, she worked at Best Buy. <laughs> yes, she did. That's not how we met, but she did work there. Okay. Um, how did you meet her? I met her at a New Year's Eve party. Go on. Um, <laughs> Kiss and... at midnight, Michael. <laughs> no, actually. So, got it. I hate to keep talking about my ex-girlfriend. I've only dated two people, like really dated two people. And it was Dana, who has now been my wife for 10 years. And, and the one you proposed to on her birthday without proposing. Right. The one I bought an engagement <laughs> ring. And I really hope she's not a fan because <laughs> this is a funny story. So I went to a New Year's Eve party uh, because the girl who threw the party was a mutual friend of me and my ex-girlfriend. Okay. And I knew that my ex-girlfriend was going to be there. And this was that fall that I, my grandma died. And like, I was really, really in the dumps. Were you like gung-ho about getting back together? That was the plan. Got it. I was like, I'm going to this New Year's party <laughs> with a half gallon of uh, Captain Morgan's. And I'm going to be the life of the party. And I'm going to be awesome. And she's going to be like. to be so easy. <laughs> she's going to be like, man, I'm going to take him back. He's so cool. Did you see that half gallon? How do you not go for that? <laughs> and John was there. I brought John, actually. Love your it. brother-in-law. Yeah. Shout out John. And um, That's the one that doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make him listen to this one. I'll, I'll play it on the Discord while we're raiding in yes. WoW. Yes, please. Um, so we go to this New Year's Eve party, and she was kind of like hanging out with this other guy who was sort of the guy she left me for, which I should have seen coming. Like what an idiot I was. Right. <laughs> I started talking to this girl and we sort of hit it off and she ended up getting tanked, like super, super way too drunk. Like she ate, she threw up and then ate toothpaste because she thought the ex or the other girl. Well, we'll get there. Okay. Um, the girl, the other girl. Okay. She got so drunk. She threw up and then she ate toothpaste to like try and, refresh her breath like that's love she's it. really funny. and so i was like this girl needs help so i'm trying to like i didn't have any intentions because i'm still like you know maybe there's a chance with my ex-girlfriend yeah but i'm just like kind of like taking care of this other girl in the meantime like you're a mess and you need help and it was dana and like towards <laughs> that by the end of the night i'm they had to like pull out couch and like an, a room off to the side and like everybody's still partying so i'm like i made her a bed and i tucked her in i made sure nobody was gonna be weird with her you were the nice guy yeah and the next day i found her on myspace because again friend of a friend right she was at the same party as me so she knew all half the people there and i found her on myspace and i just sent her a message like hey you know i i hope you're cool like hope you're feeling all right you were pretty messed up last night and we sort of started talking and then uh the the party was a new year's party but it was actually on december 29th oh, okay and so 
I don't know if she asked me or I asked her. One of us asked the other one, what are you doing for New Year's Eve? Because it's her mom's birthday, so she was having like a little party at her house. So she's like, well, we can go out before the party. Oh, yeah, okay. So we went and got coffee at Starbucks in Oxford. It's not there anymore. I remember it finally. And then she, I think I was like, I went to drop her off or something, and I think her mom was like, well, come on in. She was like, really? I just met this guy two days ago. So I went in there, and we ended up like hanging out all night at her mom and dad's house. Yeah. Like her grandma was there, like her, because her mom's birthday. So yeah, like her yeah. whole family's there. And it got really late. Her mom was like, Well, you can stay here if you want. And who is this mother? Dude, <laughs> Annette's awesome. Love Annette. Um, and so I ended up staying there, and Dana and I like talked all night long. Like the sun was coming up, and her grandma woke up to make coffee and heard us talking and was like, you guys are still awake. And it was like, it wasn't anything important. We were doing like dumb games. Like, okay, name a movie, but replace one of the words with like boner. <laughs> like, you guys are meant for each other. <laughs> boner dusters. <laughs> um, and like, that's how we met. So this has nothing to do with the question you asked me. Yeah. I think it was, how'd you meet? <laughs> no, no, no. It was, when did you move out? Oh, right, right, right. Uh, so <laughs> backtrack. So that's, I met Dana that fall right that okay. I, my grandma died yeah, and I was yeah. wallowing in self-pity and I was really in a bad place and I met her and uh we didn't really start dating seriously until the following summer we were just very close and I was always like you want to be my girlfriend and she's like no so you guys were already dating when I met you yes okay well, crazy. Was, maybe was it a, it might have been a year before that because I graduated 05 I think we met December of 06 and then we started really dating in the summer of 2007 because she graduated 2008 from high school. Is there any weirdness there, being that you graduated already and she was still in high school? No, it was actually funny because she graduated with my brothers. Oh, yeah. So, like, they had a 100 mutual friends. Like, I went to her senior prom. That's And funny. I was, like, 19, I think, yeah. when I went to her senior prom. Um, and it wasn't even all that weird, too, because she was born in December, so she was, like, one of those kids that was, like, a year older than everybody. Yeah, yeah which made, it, made me feel a little less weird about the whole situation, being two years older than her when she was 17 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. She went to OU, and I think she was there for like a year, and then we got our first apartment, and we lived in Waterford over by the OCC campus okay. off of Hospital Road. Oh, yeah, I know about this place because yeah. I lived over there. Um, yeah, you were like two streets down from us because yeah. we went to a party. You'd like, hey, you want to come to a party at my place? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, and we pull it up on MapQuest, probably. You ran down like, the road. Oh, yeah. I could walk there. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, so, hated my dad, turned 18, <laughs> didn't hate him so much, met Dana, moved out. I was probably 22. Can I, I get you house. to summarize my episodes? <laughs> the way you just, <laughs> yeah. bullet point, here's what happened. Yeah, so, yeah, hated my dad, uh-huh, no. Um, I think I was probably 22 when I moved out because I know we had Dana's 21st birthday in our Waterford apartment and we were only there for a year. All right. So I was probably 22 That's when I moved out. That's crazy to think about uh, you guys have been together for so long. Yes. Yeah. It, was, uh, 2000, it would have been 2000, the end of 2006, like December 29th, New yeah. Year's 2006 when we met and then we started dating 2007. So, so what's uh, – college is gone. Well, sort Dennis of. College. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I went back a while later. <laughs> um, the move out question that I, and I always ask this cause I'm always curious. I think there's a, uh, a shift that happens like when you're not in your parents' house anymore. Absolutely. Uh, 
So I'm curious what that was like for you. And if you think looking back, not in any like slight towards Dana, but if it was hindered at all, because you were still living with somebody else. Uh, I mean, to a degree. Um, so again, like my dad and I did not get along and Dana unfortunately had to see some of that. Yeah. Comes um, with the territory. <laughs> right. Uh, so, you know, she would, come over to my house and we we used to play world of warcraft wrath of the lich king used to well we used to i still <laughs> got do. it she used to she would come over we'd play world of warcraft my dad worked mid-shift so he'd get home like 11 30 at night and she'd come over and we'd be playing wow at the kitchen table on our laptops and you'd see like the headlights coming up the driveway and be like oh crap and we'd close the laptops and like hide underneath the kitchen table because we knew if he saw us like it's midnight what are you kids doing awake and he'd get all mad at me even though me. you were like 20 well i wasn't tw- this is but this is like either way you're not you're not 15 yeah. not yeah absolutely yeah not 15 anymore so um yeah so <laughs> that was like we were i was sort of afraid of him until yeah. i was probably 18 or 19 years old yeah, yeah. um and not in the sense like i want to be very clear my dad was never like physically abusive or anything like that like i wasn't afraid of him he was just not very kind to me yeah um so yeah, to a degree, I think I was like kind of afraid of him, uh, and I I think I probably projected a lot of that on Dana, so she wasn't a huge fan fan of him either. And like again, I I take a lot of the responsibility there because I was kind of a dickhead. Get under the table. Yeah, how, we gotta hide. <laughs> um, but when I moved out, we had already sort of begun to start getting along at that point. Yeah. But when I moved out, it was like a a light switch flipped. Yeah, and we immediately. Because I was no longer, like, his responsibility, I think. Yeah. And I, he couldn't get, consider me, like, a burden or whatever. Like, we immediately, oh, we're friends now. Mike's got an apartment, and he's doing his own thing. And, like, I don't know, he doesn't have to mow my lawn anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it feels like there's a traditional sense, like, with our parents' generation. It's like, oh, when you're out of the house, like, you're a man now. Yeah. And it's <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's, it's weird. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, and it was it really was like we had begun to sort of find some common ground at that point, but as soon as I moved out, it was immediately like, oh, we're bu- we're buddies now. Like, yeah. okay, cool. How'd you handle the freedom of not living with your parents anymore? Um, I don't know. I think I did pretty good. Yeah. Um, I didn't like develop like a drinking problem yeah. or anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know. I think I did pretty good. We partied a lot just because you know I was. That's what you do in your twenties. Yeah. <laughs> Dana had her 21st birthday and we had our own place and we were both, I mean, we were relatively young, you know, to have our own plate. We had, we didn't have a dorm or whatever. Like all my buddies were living on campus at college and Dana and I had like an apartment in Waterford. So we were partying a lot. Um, she was especially young because she was only like 19, 20 years old when we first moved out. Yeah. So like a lot of her friends would like come over because like they were still living with their parents. They're like, oh, we'll go to Mike and Dana's or whatever. Michael buys beer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so what's what... the statute of limitations? It's <laughs> <laughs> a callback. I've looked up some statutes <laughs> in uh, in what, the book I'm writing. I'm like, oh, can I write about this? Like, I'm like, those hold on, I can murdered? I go? To... Uh, there's no one in the car, right? Um. You're moved out, living with Dana. Yep. You guys are working at Best Buy. Yeah, this was, so that was actually. That's when I met uh, him. When I got the, Dana started working Best Buy before me, 
which is interesting because I, I was so much that. more involved in the Best Buy culture. And by that, I mean, we would get <laughs> wasted at the bar every night. Uh-huh, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Those Blue Crew bucks, man, bought a lot of <laughs> beers. Uh, but she got the job before me. And it was funny because I had applied like a year before her. And she got the call back, got the job. And I was so mad about it. I was like, I want to work at Best Buy. I want to sell video games. Like, that's sick. I'm so mad. Oh, yeah. And then like a month went by and I got I got the call and I got the phone interview and went in and talked to Jim. And uh, I remember going into the interview because she had got the job at Best Buy and she was already working at Babies R Us. So she had two jobs. Oh, my God. All this is flooding back to me. Yeah. yeah. And so she was making pretty good money at the time. And I was making garbage. I made crap money. Because I think I still I was working like Taco Bell or something. Yeah. And I remember going to the interview and I was talking to her. I was like, hey, you know, if, if they offer me more than $9 an hour, which is such a funny number to think about now. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, if they offer me more than $9 an hour, we can get our own place. And I remember Jim offered me nine fifty. And I went, I was through the roof and I had to play it cool. I was like, oh yeah, that sounds good. You can also buy a limousine. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I started drinking exclusively champagne, um, bought a bunch of jewelry. Oh man. Um, no. And I remember it's, it's so funny to think back because like the, it was like, oh man, if only I could make $9 an hour yeah. and we could get our own place. And they offered me nine fifty, and I called her immediately and I was like, we're going to go get an apartment. Yeah. And that apartment in Waterford, it was $450 a month. Oh my God. It was a one, it was a one bedroom apartment and it was actually like, a, it was a nice apartment. Uh, and it was like perfect for That's us. Nuts. It, it was not in a great location, like Southwest Waterford sort yeah, of yeah. sucks to like, yeah. oh, I got to drive to the mall zigzagging around every lake in <laughs> yeah, Oakland County. No straight road. No, <laughs> but it was like our first taste of like freedom, right? Oh, yeah. And it felt so good to like get out yeah, and that's like awesome. get our own place. And yeah, so. Can I dwell on the $9 thing? Because I think it's so important. And I try to get this message out as much as I can because there's a bunch of kids that are out there that are, you know, like 17 to 23. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's just you're all being scammed. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember when people like there was this plethora of people that left Best Buy to go to, uh, I think it was called citizens like insurance. Yes. Yeah. I remember that. All of them were like, you can make $45,000. And we were all like, are you fucking kidding? Oh my God. And now it's like, you wear a tuxedo. That's not a livable wage. (laughs) Like it's insane. And we're all like scammed into this, like $9 being fucking amazing. Well, and you know, what's really funny. Um, I remember, especially in the retail space, Best Buy was considered like, Oh yeah. Really good. There's Best Buy. And then like Costco was the only one above it. Yeah. (laughs) And, and they offered me nine 50 to start. And I remember the seasonal employees would get hired in like 10. Um, (laughs) and I, I think by the time I quit working at Best Buy, I think I was making, probably like 11 or $12. No, you know, I think I was making like 13, 15 hour when I quit and I was there for like four or five years. I was there for quite a while. Um, and I don't remember. How do we get here? You asked me, I just like, no, I didn't ask you anything. (laughs) I'm just like, I think it's just so important to point that out. Cause it's, Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, I wondered these days when you see like McDonald's being like 15 bucks an hour, like what, what are companies like this? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to know. I was, I was just asking you and Dana working at Best Buy, like I was just falling time. Yeah, so but then you guys get married shortly thereafter. Well, so we, we, I was at Best Buy for about four years. Were you still at Best Buy when you guys got married? No. Oh, okay. Um, so I 
sort of kind of got fired from Best Buy. I was a victim of their very aggressive attendance policy. Um, was I still at that store? Yeah, because you, okay. you and Goose were the ones that were... Don't pin this on me. <laughs> you and, No, no, no. You and Goose were the ones that were fighting really hard to find loopholes to keep me on. Oh, okay. Because... <laughs> um, I know Goose didn't want to leave me, like lose me. Yeah, and yeah. obviously, like again, I was very invested in the Best Buy culture. I was a, I was an important part of the, the bar scene in Auburn. <laughs> obviously, this time. Um, so yeah, I mean, they had the policy was like if you're more than five minutes late, you were basically absent. Was more or less what it amounted to, and you only had so many of those before you weren't allowed to work there anymore. You know, the irony of this is when I went to Bloomfield, I tried to get people fired for attendance constantly because they had the worst fucking employees. Really? And I couldn't even get someone written up. That's so Because the GM was like, they're fine. I was like, this guy works one day a week and he shows up an hour late each one of those days. Yeah. He's like, it's fine. Well, and the, the, you know, I, I've never been great at like showing up for work on time. And it's not like I, I was... I'd like to point out, Mike was like a half hour early today. <laughs> um... So, yeah, I mean, I, and I was good at my job too. That was kind of why they didn't want to get rid of me. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I knew that I was on the chopping block. I had like one more tardy before I was no longer allowed to work there. And so we had Comcast reps in the store at the time. And I had one of them hook me up with like their uh, recruiting website or whatever. And yeah, yeah. I've put in an application and put them down as a reference and, you know, got a call and I was able to go through the interview process and the, keep in mind the entire time Goose was like delaying my final day. Like I was on paper, I was fired and he kept being like, oh, well, you know, weeks. we'll put him on the schedule for one more week Three and weeks. like we just got to find backfill, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was able to find uh, or I was able to, to get a job at Comcast. The timeline, it's sort of interesting. I already knew I was getting married. Like we'd already scheduled everything out and I got the job offer from Comcast, but they have like a four week delay be- between your offer and your start date Jesus. for some reason. It sucks, right? It's like their billing cycle. Yeah. Like, yeah you can, you <laughs> yeah. can cancel, but it's going to be four weeks. <laughs> yeah. And so they. <laughs> As many of you know, I'm in grad school right now to become a licensed therapist because I believe that therapy is so powerful and that everybody can benefit from it. That's why I'm so proud to have BetterHelp sponsor this show. You know, we all have times when we want to talk to somebody, and going to someone professional can be much more rewarding and beneficial than just maybe talking to your friends, right? Maybe there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving some goals. You know, I've spent some time in therapy myself, and I have gotten so much from it, and my life has gotten so much better because of it. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, maybe even me one day. And there's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 15,000 plus therapist network. And that may not be locally available in many areas. And that's why it's available for clients worldwide through BetterHelp. When you sign up, you can start communicating within 48 hours. Uh, You know, you get those light bulb moments when you're laying in bed. With BetterHelp, you can log into your account anytime, send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule your weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. No awkward therapist breakups if you're not a match. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. I checked that out myself. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. 
BetterHelp wants you, and so do I, to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com slash FriendRequest. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the one million, oh, nope, over one million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional therapist. There's a special offer for friend request listeners. You get 10% off your first month of therapy when you visit betterhelp.com slash friend request. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friend request. Remember, when you support our sponsors, you support our show. That's so a long meandering story. I love it. <laughs> um, a, lot of, a lot of Best Buy specifics I'm in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But so. Name dropping all kinds of Best Buy folks. I'm going to fast forward. Oh boy, here we go. Dana gets pregnant. Yes, that's the thing that <laughs> um, happened. So, what's the initial reaction like to that? Oh, Are super you... stoked! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Was that always like in the back of your mind, like yeah. a plan? Yeah, we. So we knew we dad? wanted to be parents. We didn't okay. really have a plan, but we knew we wanted to yeah, yeah. be parents um, for a long time. Not always, but for a long time before we had Charlie. Pumped it was a boy. Um, no comment. <laughs> In this political climate? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was sort of funny because uh, we we were, I mean, pretty young. We're not super young or anything. Like, you know, we had our, we had our second apartment, which was much nicer. Um, and I was making way more. I was working at Comcast. So I was making good money at the time. Yeah. Um, Dana was way, way better foundationally. Like, she had a good job and she was going to OU. And we're like, all right, we think we can do this. And the doctors basically told her, like, uh, because of some medical conditions, it was going to be very difficult for us to have kids. And the longer we waited, the more difficult it was going to get. So we were like, well, if we ever want this to happen, we should. We didn't actively try to have. Stopped using condoms. We just stopped. Yeah, we stopped. <laughs> we stopped actively not trying. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. And uh, two weeks later. <laughs> She was pregnant. That's what happens when you're young. Yeah, I uh, guess so. it's going to be so hard to have a baby. <laughs> Doctors don't know shit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we were psyched about it, though. Like, we we kind of had the talk beforehand. We're like, well, this might happen tomorrow. It might happen in two years. It might never happen. But we got to be okay with any of those scenarios at this yeah. point. So, yeah, it was like two weeks later, We, uh, you know, she peed on the stick and there was a plus sign or whatever. And there you go. We had a, a vacation to Hawaii that fall that we had to cancel. Oh, bummer. Yeah, with Kyle Mackin. Like I told you Shout about out earlier. to Kyle. Yeah, shout out to Kyle. Um, <laughs> you know, Kyle's getting a lot of airtime yeah. today. Um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, so we had Charlie, um, and I mean, we were stoked about it. Uh, I, I definitely... I'm glad that Charlie is a boy. I was, <laughs> I was excited that he, we had a boy, and only because if we had had a girl, I don't know how I would connect with a little girl. I, which is, is funny to me because I imagine, I guess I would have assumed having a sister that's 10 years younger than you, you would have had some like weird pseudo parental experience with a, with an infant girl before to, it's to a degree, but because I was so much older than her, by the time she got to be an age where like, she's doing stuff she's interested in. I wasn't at the yeah. house anymore. Yeah. I'm at fair. band practice. Like I was the band I was in, we were playing shows three or four nights a week. Yeah. And so we were always rehearsing or always, you know, yeah. in the van at some show in Grand Rapids or, you know, I was doing other stuff. I was never at home. And a lot of that is just cause like, I didn't agree with my dad on a lot of stuff anyway. So I just didn't like being at home. Yeah. So I didn't really 
hang out with my sister much until we got much older and she was, you know, in high school and I was dating Dana and her and Dana became like besties. Um, But yeah, I mean, like I was, I was worried that if I had a girl, like, I don't, not that I wouldn't play with, you know, fairy princess dolls or whatever she would have wanted to play with. Yeah. I just don't know what I would connect to. You Get know. your antiquated gender roles out of here. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> in this political climate. Um, <laughs> so, no, like, I, I love dinosaurs and I love <laughs> high fantasy, <laughs> like, but in you some know, ways, manly stuff like dinosaurs. <laughs> you know, dinosaurs, right? Um, I'm obsessed with dinosaurs. That's another topic we can discuss. I love dinosaurs so fucking. So much. curious. I'm gonna. <laughs> cautiously step around that uh i do love dinosaurs tell like, me about dinosaur don't t- damn it i did it uh tell me about becoming a dad um dude it's it was very scary at first um but i don't know it's super cool like there there's so many like cliche you know fucking joanne fabric signs that fit into you know what i mean like <laughs> Like, it's hard not to, like, feed you a line, like, oh, you know, it's every day's an adventure or whatever, but it's totally true. Like, it's... it's. I hear the first two years, every day is a nightmare. It's... <laughs> it depends. It changed... It, apparently, it varies kid to kid. Our, we we lucked out. Uh, Charlie had a rough... The first, like, six weeks. Um, so, he basically wouldn't sleep unless he was in this weird, like, hammock thing that we had. Um so one of us had to sleep on the couch in the living room with the hammock next to them each night Bummer. and wake up every three or four hours. And thank God Dana's a fucking awesome wife because we would, she was very cool about like trading off responsibility. Yeah. So like we would basically take turns. Like I'd do it one night, she'd do it the next. And one of us, at least we get a full night of sleep just about every night. Yeah. Um, and we also, uh, we were, he was bottle fed. So, so she would pump and easier, make yeah. bottles and then, you know, she wouldn't have to wake up every four hours to feed him. Yeah. So that was, that made things a little bit easier too. And when we, he got to be like six weeks old, I think. And we're like, we can't, we can't deal with this anymore. Like, this is a nightmare. This sucks. He's waking up every two hours, like screaming and he will only sleep in this dumb hammock. Like what's going on? <laughs> and Dana reached out. I don't know if it was to someone specifically or just like threw it out there on Facebook, but her friend Alex worked at a chiropractor's office and mentioned like, oh yeah, the doctor actually sees babies. Oh my God, you took baby baby chiropractor. We took Charlie to a chiropractor when he was like six my weeks old. My friend does this. And I was like, what? He was like six weeks old. And I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah, Dr. Mike, man, in Auburn Hills and uh, Mike Mike Sheeha. And, it's crazy. Um, you know, he's actually not practicing up here anymore, but he was awesome. Not and after the lawsuit. <laughs> he killed all these babies. Uh, turns out, no. No, he was awesome. Uh, shout out to Mike. Uh, so, no, he was, he was super awesome. And um, he... I don't really buy into a lot of holistic medicine stuff. Like I'm very much a believer in like you take medicine for being sick and you see real doctors and like there's, I'm sure a lot of chiropractors out there that are full of shit. Yeah. I went to one of them and I hate them. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the things that kind of got me on board with this guy is when we initially went for like a consultation, um, he was a very much a believer in traditional medicine. So his whole thing was like, I am sort of like physical therapy, right? Yeah. I'm going to give you an adjustment. I'm going to straighten out the spine i'm gonna like crack some bones or whatever but it only works if you do the other half if you actually like figure out why your shit's out of alignment or whatever yeah, yeah. and so that was like okay this guy's not a crackpot like cool 
and um and I don't know how true this is, but he said that because Charlie was a C-section baby. And I guess a lot of times when babies are born, when you go through the birth canal, there's like a, a natural like straightening. Right. Mm. Which made sense to me. Yeah. And because he was a C-section baby, they just like literally lift him out and set him down on a table. And I yeah. can attest to that because I watched it happen. So you're still in this position. <laughs> right. Like yeah. he's like all crinkled up like yeah, yeah. Voldemort in the last <laughs> Harry Potter movie. Um, so I was like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. So he... We went and saw him like twice a week, I think, for like three weeks, something like that. And it was instantly, Charlie was good to go. And another, sorry, let me backtrack just a moment here. Um, One of the big things that had worried us is Charlie had really bad constipation. Like he was not pooping. And that was concerning because he would like poop like every other day or once a day. When you're a baby, you're supposed to poop like 16 times a day because you're doing nothing but eating. And he just wasn't pooping. And when he was pooping, it was like like an adult-sized turd. Yeah. So, like, something's wrong. Yeah. And, like, I th- I want to say, like, we took him for his first adjustment. I think he, like, pooped on the way home. And we were like, oh, my God, this is it. We figured it out. So that was scary. But then it worked out. And, like, he was, like, good to go. And then huh. he started sleeping through the night every night. And, like. How old is he now? He's six. Wow. Yeah. He's six years that old. That happened quick. Practically driving. <laughs> Yeah. How has the last couple of years been? Dude, like, awesome. So oh, okay. much, dude, so <laughs> much fun. Oh my gosh, so much fun. I you know, you know I mean that in relation to like COVID, right? <laughs> Just as far as like oh, have, have what, you guys had what's to, that? Have you <laughs> I started working from home right before COVID, so I But have you guys had to navigate anything with him as far as like You know, not really. Okay. Uh the timing of it worked out such that he was in preschool when COVID started. So when the lockdowns happened, he was home for like a few weeks. Yeah. But then once the lockdowns lifted, he went back to preschool and there was a lot of like, he had to wear a mask every day. There was a lot of like safety precautions, but yeah, yeah. largely our, our day-to-day life was the same. Well, that's cool. And then he started first grade in, in class. Like the previous yeah. year, everything was remote, but he never had to do remote schooling. Yeah. So the timing also, of it really for us. he just finished first grade? Yeah. He wow. just finished first grade. Yep. That's crazy. No, I'm sorry. Kindergarten. Kids oh. don't start elementary school in first grade. What am I talking about? Well, then, just edit that out. That's why so, I was so surprised. Yeah, yeah. So just edit that out. No, he, uh, yeah. So he met, he started kindergarten <laughs> and he didn't We're have to splice that in. Kindergarten. Kinder- <laughs> Let me just, I'll give you a couple different ones. Kindergarten. Kindergarten. I'm leaving kindergarten. All of this in here. Kindergarten. Kinter. Um, <laughs> just but, leave it all in. I, I, I am. <laughs> This is, this is this is a Polaroid no. of our relationship. <laughs> um, just, just hit the skip forward 15 <laughs> seconds. Edit that in right before. If you don't want to hear me yeah. tell the story so, wrong. If you don't want to hear our commentary on how we <laughs> told the story wrong, skip 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, the last few years that have actually been like pretty awesome. Like even with COVID. Um, yeah, you were already working from home. I yeah, I so Dana started working from home when when COVID started, but I was working from home like a month before that. Same. And so, like, I already had my office set up. Yeah. I was already like working in my underwear every day. So for me, it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Now, now my wife's home with me every day, which is same thing. I kind of wear every day. <laughs> you know what's funny is, so I don't know if you guys get this a lot, and I'm I'm sure it's fine for you, but everybody that finds out Dana and I both work from home, like, don't you hate each other? Oh, Erica and I both do hate each other <laughs> <laughs> i really wanted to say yes um no we no yeah we both work from home but like i mean you can attest to this because you're here right now but this is where i work yeah 
she's up in their office. Yeah. She's on calls all day. Like I see her throughout the day. I might see her once. Yeah. So and we're doing our jobs. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of like, I have my office. Cause when we bought the house, I made sure I had a, a home office. Cause I play a lot of video games and like, I'd wanted to have my own space where I'm not in the living room taking the TV or yeah. whatever. Um, so we made sure I had an office when I started working from home that just became, okay, this is where I work now. And, uh, Dana works from the kitchen, which is not ideal, but it is what it is. But she's on calls all day long and I'm not, but we're far enough apart where we're not really bugging each other. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's just interesting because people are like, oh, don't you hate being yeah. home with your wife? Everything like, no, I, I love my wife. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> that's like when people ask me about drinking. I think it's just more a reflection of their own yeah, shit. Yeah. Hey, don't you miss being drunk all the time? <laughs> you miss like sending weird texts and uh (laughs) just making terrible decisions you miss waking up with regret like once or twice a week what's your favorite thing doing that shame checklist at three in the morning (laughs) Uh, (laughs) for the record i I, i've fallen asleep in a dog bed and i think you were at that party so i'm speaking from experience and Uh, i have not slowed down (laughs) amen um well i think we're current ish sort of yeah (laughs) What uh is there anything I, I skipped over that you wanted to that you thought you'd talk about? No, I don't. I mean, I came in here with no expectations. I that's, didn't know. That's what, what I like. I didn't know what the hell we were going to talk about. <laughs> your life, your life summed up in an hour. Um, <laughs> I'm going to throw it back to you again. Sure. Because we skipped over this because it was mentioned in passing earlier. Okay. You lost your father. I did. Yeah, he's he died. How long ago was that? Uh, a few weeks. A few recently. weeks ago. Recently, yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the like weekend before Father's Day, I think. I thought I saw something that you posted. I didn't realize it was like, it just happened. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? Um, You know, I, th- I think I'm doing pretty well, actually. Okay. It's, you know, you just got an undergrad in therapy, right? <laughs> Let's talk about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm doing well. Uh, was it like expected? You know... No, not when it happened, but he was not a super healthy guy. Okay. Um, so he had had like several heart attacks like oh, a okay. dozen years ago. And uh he had a defibrillator surgically implanted in his chest and had like he had to like wear a weird backpack for a while that like communicated with alive. it wirelessly yeah, and yeah. stuff and like he kind of got past all that. He still had the defibrillator in his chest, yeah, but yeah. like he wasn't wearing the backpack and he like is old school in that he just sort of continued to live his normal life. Yeah. Right. And uh stubborn bull. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, he kind of tricked everybody into thinking like everything's fine, you know. But when he died, it sort of start to reflect on like, you know, he he was slowing down and he was yeah. taking a lot of naps and Stuff like that sort of came, okay, yeah, he wasn't. How old was he? 64. Oh, that's young. I think 64, 65. Dang, yeah. man. I'm really sorry. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was really hard yeah, I bet. when it happened because it did kind of catch everybody by surprise. And, like, our family copes with trauma by, like, joking around and, you know. <laughs> and we get that from him. Yeah. Like, he was always the guy at the funeral in the Hawaiian shirt. Like, yeah cracking wise or whatever but yeah it was you know it sucked for a minute there it's my mom's gonna suck for a while i yeah, imagine my mom's having really a much harder time with it than well yeah like me and my brothers but it'll happen yeah 
Yeah, that's no, that's uh, I didn't realize it was so recently. Yeah, yeah, it just happened. Like I said, I think it was the weekend like before Father's Day. Shitty timing. It was like right, it might have been right before my birthday. I think it was the last last weekend in May, maybe. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So shout out, Dad, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you think. He's that. He's <laughs> wait. What if my dad is the ghost that killed that guy in my old house? Oh, and then we're in like a time time context. time ghost. <laughs> Time Ghost. Write that script <laughs> right now. Starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Time Ghost. <laughs> That's his comeback movie. Um, well, <laughs> referencing the jokes. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's uh, that's crazy. That's so recent, and I'm I'm sorry. No, yeah, that's okay. I was, it's funny because like I feel okay about it. Like I'm, I think I've managed to get through all the stages of grief. Yeah. In, in a healthy way like but every time i see somebody for the first time since it happened they're always like oh i'm so sorry like and it sort of it's almost takes me back yeah, yeah a yeah. step which sort of sucks then i have to like kind of go through it with that person which sort of sucks i didn't know him no so I was... he was rad he really was and you know one of the things i told my mom was i hated him for so long but then we were able to like get past it and become really good friends and i'm very thankful for that because i know like that's you didn't get that with your dad yeah right so that is something that i'm very thankful about is we were able to become friends and then you know he got so sick so long ago but then kind of got better and that gave him the opportunity to retire for a few years and he got to meet all of his grandkids and yeah that's you know silver lining he wasn't old but he sort of got a taste of being old so i'm kind of thankful for that yeah for sure that's uh yeah you have these uh adult perspectives on things that i hate about you Uh, (laughs) yeah as as an adult (laughs) i can say with it's just funny you know there's so many things that i think we go through our lives uh learning these lessons Mm -hmm. and the way you speak about some of the stuff i'm like well, when did you evolve so much? Yeah. Well, it's been a long time since we hung out. No, I'm talking about like talking about, <laughs> oh, I realized I was an asshole and I should hang out with my dad more when you were 19. Psh. When I was 19, I was like, I'm going to move to LA. No, I was 21. My bad. <laughs> 19 is, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. But props to you. Thank That's, you. I'm glad that, I'm glad that you had that time and you're able to kind of reflect on it and, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if anything else is going to come. I, 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 I mean, I say that because I immediately wanted to be like, I'm sure you'll continue to grieve in waves as time goes on, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I, I mean, it's. I have moments, uh, you know, like again, like Pink Floyd and Frank Zappa or something. We connected on. It was one of the first things that he and I connected on as adults was music. So like, yeah. hearing "Wish You Were Here" on the radio, like, uh oh. <laughs> Time, yeah. to, time to scream cry while yeah. I'm driving my car. Yeah. <laughs> look That's... like an idiot at every red light. <laughs> I realized the other day that there's songs that I, I don't want to say that I specifically have avoided, uh, but I definitely, I think if they did come out of shuffle, I would skip them. I'm going to take these off. Oh, okay. So, podcast over. Okay. I've heard a lot of uh, Dennis Miller. And I have lots in common. Request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right, you just listened to my interview with Mike Wall. Uh, <laughs> that, oh my God, 
uh, if you thought the ending was abrupt or you heard me say something about Dennis Miller, it's because we branched off on songs and hollow notes <laughs> and just so many topics. This was uh, well over two hours, I believe, that we talked. And so you heard you heard half of it. <laughs> it was it was so good. Mike, if you are listening to this, shoot me a text. Let's get together. I had too much fun with this. So I imagine we can recreate that. Um, and to all of you out there, thank you so much for listening and and hanging out during our fourth season. This is so great. And there's still so many episodes that I already have recorded and ready to go. I'm so excited for you guys to hear them. And if you are wondering how everything else is going, you can head over to patreon.com slash friendrequestpod and hear all about what is going on in learning about therapy and counseling in grad school uh, and the overwhelming struggle of time management, amongst other things, that is happening right now. So that is it. I will talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Follow on Instagram for updated information at friendrequestpod. And uh, thank you to all our sponsors. Uh, who do we have? Who do we have? BetterHelp, Online Therapy. Um, we have Wellbeing Brewing, Bravis Brewing, Two Roots Brewing, Athletic Brewing. <laughs> I will soon dominate all non-alcoholic breweries. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you next time. All right. I love you. Bye-bye.